Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowl Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am once again joined by Clara May. Clara, how's it going? I'm good, Henry. Good, good. All right, so um, it is January, and you know, this time of year, it's like kind of a time of year where I'll have caught up on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like during the winter break time, uh, I watch a lot of TV, so (laughs) I got to catch up on stuff. I got to like dive into some new stuff and, um, saw a lot of great television and, um, I thought we'd kind of talk about some cool TV we watched. Uh, so today we're going to focus on the Hulu show Runaways. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Netflix show Black Mirror. So, uh, Runaways just finished. Runaway season one just finished like two days ago. Yeah. So we're gonna get into that. And the entire season of of Black Mirror season four mm-hmm. uh, released at the end of December. And um, we watched, uh, I guess, most of that season. <laughs> I but think you did. I, yeah. I cherry-picked, so <laughs> right. we so, yeah, around that. Cool. Yeah, I, I finished season four. You watched a good portion of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, half, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, we probably don't need to talk about the whole season anyway. I think I'm going to focus on on the uh, season premiere, the, the Star Trek-themed yeah. episode. Yeah. Which they're saying might get a full spinoff show. I did hear a little bit about that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we can talk about that. Right, it's a little bit like where do we go from here? But um, I did enjoy Mm -hmm. that episode immensely. So um, if that does happen, I'd be pretty excited to to check it out. Though, yeah, I wonder. You you wonder about the tone, what what the message long term? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we'll see. Okay, but let's start with Runaways. So a quick shout out to my my buddy Ron who. allowed me access to his Hulu account, and, <laughs> yeah, and I took advantage. <laughs> I watched uh, not only all of Runaways, I, wa- I watched uh, Handmaid's Tale and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, so. Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So Runaways, yeah, Runaways is a Marvel comic mm-hmm. that was adapted into a Hulu show. Um, yeah, so I was thinking maybe we don't, spoil anything like this i i, I imagine yeah. a lot of people haven't seen this show yeah, so yeah. why don't we go spoiler <laughs> yeah, I literally free caught up because you told me that you had watched it i was like oh shoot now okay. i have to watch it <laughs> cool so <laughs> let's let's try not to give uh yeah. any the major big, spoilers yeah, yeah. Things, like right. light spoilers yeah. like minor stuff uh we can do yeah. but yeah what did you think of of this mm-hmm. season i thought it was really good i was really impressed um i I think I like the whole overall tone of it. It just felt very different from the stuff Netflix has done, and then yeah. especially from like the um, the ABC Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it just I don't know. It felt very relevant. I think it captured like the teen voice really well. Yeah. And I think it also captured kind of like the frustration, but also agony of being a parent. You know. Like, yeah. I, I just thought it it balanced those two sides really well. Um, and I think the season kind of sagged a little in the middle, but I would say by 
episode seven. There's ten episodes, right? Right. Yeah, I episodes. think that, yeah, so the last three episodes, I think, just, like, really picked it up. Yeah. And it got really, really good at the end, and it yeah. really leaves you with this interesting hook for season two. And thank yeah. God it got renewed. So they just, oh, did yeah, it? Yeah, they just announced, oh, nice. uh, I think, this week that it got renewed. Oh, so cool. We are good to go for at least one more season. Awesome, awesome. Um, so yeah, why don't we mention the premise? Mm-hmm. So the premise of the show is a group of teenagers. They're they're longtime friends, mm-hmm. and um, they find out this is not a spoiler. Like literally at the very beginning, that their parents are, I guess, super villains. Basically, yeah, basically <laughs> in a cult. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's parading as like a charity organization for yeah. a church. Right. 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 So it deals with, like, what do they do? Uh, These kids kind of become superheroes in their own right. Um, And, yeah, that's that's pretty much the premise. Um, Now, I did read some of the comics. Um, Again, I had a lot of downtime (laughs) during the winter break. So I I, I, I went full on into Runaways. I watched a lot of the show. Or like the new run. Oh, the the original stuff. Yeah, I haven't haven't read the latest run, Mm -hmm. um, but like the the first four trades I read. Yeah, I I think these were written maybe about 10 years ago or Mm -hmm. so. Um, But yeah, the the show is based on, I think, like basically the books I read, I think Mm -hmm. uh, the the, the show is is based on. And I would say that the show is is pretty damn faithful to to the original comics. Um, Like, Pretty much all the major characters in the comics are in in the show, um, which is which is cool. Um, there were some differences, um, pl- some pluses and minuses. I think like um, we we mentioned this before we started recording, but the the parents on the show are really I think they're incredible. Like they're incredibly fleshed out. They're developed. In the comics, they're a little bit more one-dimensional. They're just kind of like they're supervillains, and and the story focuses more on on the their kids. Yeah, um, so I, that was that was a really kind of a pleasant surprise to see. Is I, I thought it usually is the opposite, where yeah. like the comics kind of do a better job developing the characters, mm-hmm. um, and then when they're adapted into TV or movies, they, they may water yeah. down mm-hmm. uh, certain characters, but this was almost like the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to see. Um, and one one thing that I did like about the comics more than uh, the show, uh, it's the, the, the character Chase. Oh, yeah, you like comic kid. chase. More? Comic chase is really cool. Like, mm-hmm. um, there was something about the TV chase. So Chase is he, he's like the the white boy on the show, essentially. <laughs> yeah, he essentially is <laughs> on the runways. Yeah. Um, and he's like, so it's it's kind of cool because he's like he's a jock. He's really good at sports. Yeah. He's kind of like um, if you've seen. If you've seen The Breakfast Club, he's like the Emilio Estevez <laughs> character. He's he's a jock. He's really good at sports, um, but his parents are really like overbearing, um, and he, he like hates his parents, yeah. right? So that's kind of the the archetype. But the twist is on the show, he's actually really smart. Mm-hmm. So he's a jock, but he's actually really smart. He's kind of a whiz at like gadgets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But you didn't like TV show. I mean, I mean, not definitely not as much as the TV chase because, like, I think on the TV show he, he was like 
maybe a little too perfect because he's like, he's good looking, he's great at sports, he's super smart, and he's like, um, he's kind of like sensitive and tortured and everything, you know? Um, the, the comics, Chase is like he's a jock, but he's he's not smart. He's kind of like he's kind of like a like an idiot. Mm-hmm. He's like a he's like a lovable idiot, you know. Um, and he like kind of says inappropriate stuff, and he's just sort of like he's like a like a goofball. He, to me, he was a lot more likable. Yeah. Like you know, the, the the TV Chase was kind of like this guy's really perfect, and like why do I like this guy? I, I, there's no reason for me to like him, mm-hmm. you know. So that, that's kind of my take there. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, real quick, back on the, the parents, um, yeah, like I said, I really like the characterizations here. Like, I mean, it it is pretty incredible. Like there are, there are six leads on the show. So there are six kids who are, are all fully developed and you really get to know these kids, but you also get to know like all of their parents, you know, um, one of the kids, uh, biological parents are, are deceased. Uh, she's adopted, so there's uh, actually ten parents on the show, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, we're talking ten characters that are yeah. fully fleshed out, and they're like, you, they feel like real people. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, for me as an Asian American parent, um, the character of Robert, Robert Minoru, like, like I am Robert Minoru. You know, <laughs> I, I saw this character, and like, I was like, holy shit, this is me. Like. Mm-hmm. This is the first time since since Glenn Ree on mm-hmm. Walking Dead I really felt like I personally was being represented yeah. in media. And um, it's a beautiful thing. Like, uh, I mean, we, we talk about this a lot, but yeah. it, we don't see it that much, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I do see something like this, it really puts a smile on my face, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I would say that, like, seeing specifically, like, a, an Asian dad... It's yeah. probably, I mean, it's not that common. Like, I just, I can think of, like, the dad on Fresh Off the Boat. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else. But Yeah, um, maybe Dr. Ken. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr. But, Ken would, and I thought of that, those two characters, too. But, like, those are kind of more, like, caricatures. Yeah, they're sitcoms. Yeah. yeah. This guy, it's crazy that it's a superhero show, but like this guy felt real and I felt like th- this is me. Yeah. Like this is really me. And it's it's awesome. Yeah, I think it was really interesting how he showed how much he loved Nico um mm-hmm. and his interactions with his wife and like yeah. all the awkwardness there. Um Yeah, it just, it all felt really genuine. Yeah, yeah authentic. it was amazing writing of the characters and then amazing acting like all of them are really selling it i was just like i mean there were times in a lot of the episodes where i was like am i siding with the villains right now because like (laughs) of course the kids are like freaking out but then like sometimes i'd be like i understand what this parent is going through like they're having a really hard time and they're making bad decisions but they feel like they're up against the wall because they're trying to pretend like protect their kids and i was just like oh my god this is so good right (laughs) this is all in 10 episodes (laughs) like how did they do this yeah Uh, so you mentioned nico nico is uh his daughter robert's Mm -hmm. daughter Mm -hmm. and and she's maybe like the star of the show essentially i would say she's the lead of the Uh, yeah and again an asian american actress as Mm -hmm. a lead of a tv show i mean that's freaking awesome um and yeah, there is uh, there's a, quite a bit of diversity on the show. Yeah. So there's an Asian American girl. There's 
an African-American boy. Um, There's a Latina sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's another cool thing about the TV show, the mm-hmm. character of Molly, who is the, the Latina girl. Mm-hmm. Um, the she's, youngest one. Yeah, the, the youngest of the runaways. Um, she She's a white character in the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, yeah, they, 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 they just changed it. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, which is awesome because then you get that um, bonding between those two sisters. Yeah. Um, between uh, Gertie and Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're able to kind of connect on another level of just being the same ethnicity. And they've both been adopted by white parents who are like the whitest parents, like literally make their <laughs> own cheese and are like the hippiest parents. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just amazing how. I don't know how much it makes a difference to just have that representation yeah, there. Yeah, really cool. And, you know, um, a, a, again, a, a big plus for the show, um, not only is Molly Latina, she's adopted, like you yeah. mentioned, mm-hmm. um, and she's not in, in the comics. So in, in the comics, she's, you know, a, a biological white daughter mm-hmm. uh, of, you know. Um, but she's adopted too. I mean, that yeah. spoke to me also. My my son is adopted, mm-hmm. and again, reaching out to, you know, an underrepresented community. So I mean, it's just it's so great uh, on that level, um, and I I feel like, like me relating to the Robert character. That's just like one case. I, I I'm sure there are tons of people watching the show. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, they see themselves yeah. in these characters that. They probably it's it feels a little foreign like this is yeah. odd you know like we don't typically see this right mm-hmm. so yeah pretty cool pretty cool um, what else can we say oh I would say I found it impressive um, what they did with uh, Carolina and mm-hmm. the fact that she's bi um, oh yeah that's right yeah because it's that's I would say that that's something that Marvel. And DC and like every other <laughs> comic book movie has really completely just dropped. Yeah, is any sort of um, queer representation? Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone is so straight; it is ridiculous um, at all of these things. Yeah, um, and I don't think we've really seen like a sensitive portrayal of like a bisexual teen girl in any sort of comic book thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they did it was very sweet and. You know, showing that she had this crush on Nico and that Nico. Um, oh, no, no, no. Nico's the bi one. Nico is bi <laughs> and Carolina is lesbian. So there's right. two. So, right. Yeah so, there, yeah. so it's like within this one show, we're getting more representation. <laughs> yeah. For that, too, more than like, I would say the whole, you know, MCU. Yeah, and it's no, like incredible. Absolutely. Like, look how far this one show has brought us in 10 episodes. <laughs> Like, compared to the films, I've been around for 10 plus years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) Yep. And, I mean, the way we're describing it feels like, wow, like, they're really forcing this whole diversity thing. But if you watch the show, yeah, it doesn't feel like it. It, It's it's done in, like, not in a, a, like... forceful way yeah like like when it comes to that romance i just mentioned it's not in any way like blatant she's just kind of like realizing that she's looking at a girl more often than Mm -hmm. she looks at boys and it's very you know very quiet and very sweet you know and it's just and that's what representation is it's just a natural thing that comes about yeah 
And again, going back to the characterizations, like the character development is is so great because when these things happen on the show, um, you feel like it it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, when we see um, developments in the plot, it's not so far fetched because we get to know these characters and we understand their motivations. So when they do what they do, we understand why. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, not just the kids, but the parents too. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's really great. I think it's a home run in terms of of like character development, mm-hmm. right? Uh, on you know, in terms of story and like action scenes, maybe yeah. not so great. <laughs> I think it probably could have been like an eight episode pilot. I could you know, see that pilot eight episode, you know, first season uh, uh, run, to yeah. like tighten up. The fact that there was times where you were like, okay, when are you going to run away? Like, right, you know, right. in the middle, they were just kind of floating around. But. Yeah. And that makes me think of maybe the number one drawback of the TV show. Mm-hmm. And an- another reason that I think the comics, one aspect that the comics are superior. Like, the comics and the show is called uh, Runaways. So, like, when are they going to run away? Like, yeah, yeah. On the TV show, um, when the kids find out their parents are super villains, um, they kind of just talk and yeah. try to figure it out. And <laughs> like in the comics, basically, when, once they find out, they they run away. Like yeah. they, they they run away from home and they they kind of live mm-hmm. this crazy life, like trying to find places to live and stuff. And they are you know runaways. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but on the show, it's it's a little it's clunkier. A yeah. yeah, it's a slow burn and. <laughs> Um, like I said, you really get to know the characters. You understand why they do what they do. But it, it's, it, yeah, it's like you said, it's a slow burn. It's, it's a little clunky. And then, yeah, I wanted to talk about the action a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, this show, it's, it has superheroes. It has supervillains. And there are fight scenes. But I don't think it's really the reason to watch this, sh- no. this show. Oh, my God. I mean, this show excels the most as a drama. Um, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to being an actual action thing, oh my God, there's it's so bad. Like yeah. the blocking of everything <laughs> is so bad that it's st- it's a lot of standing around, mm-hmm. a lot of shooting one at a time. Um. Yeah. So we talked about like the number of characters. Like yeah. so, there's six kids, ten parents, and we get to see like some pretty epic face-offs. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, this. It the, the the battle scenes aren't. Um, just one-on-one fights. You know, there's like a whole bunch of superheroes versus a whole bunch of supervillains. And the, the way the action scenes play out is very much like a one-at-a-time thing. It's like, look, I'm going to do my superpower. Everyone yeah. watch. Yeah. And then the other side's like, wait a minute, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Like, yeah. if a real battle went down, no one's going to be just like watching yeah. everyone else yeah. like do their thing one-at-a-time, right? So yeah. <laughs> a little bit silly. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, like the last one where it was like that big showdown, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I, I don't want to say it, but like I kind of understood why there was hesitation because this is family going Yeah, in. Yeah, right. but like I always think back to the scene <laughs> where they face off against like that gangster. Guy, yes, who yes. Who frankly had a very valid reason to be mad at Alex's dad. Like he, so this this character who goes to jail for like this other for Alex's dad mm-hmm. for a crime he didn't even commit. Right, Alex then, is the black kid. Yes, and yeah. then the deal was he would get out, and the dad would like 
you know, set him up with all this money, you know, as payment or something. That was mm-hmm. like the, yeah, yeah, it was a trade off. And then he gets out, <laughs> the dad just like abandons him, right? He yeah. doesn't give yeah, him anything. Yeah. So, like, this guy has actually a pretty valid reason to not like Alex's dad, but then they still have the kids kind of face off against him, anyways. Yeah. And it's this really clunky scene where it's just him standing there and these <laughs> kids are just like standing in front of him with his car. I mean, it's just like the dumbest looking thing. And they were shooting one at a time at him. And it's like, what is this? Right. Like, and it, it was kind of is like. Is this the, really your big bad villain for the right. kids to test their powers? And it was kind of like the first big showcase of their powers yeah, right and it was like the season you're like oh i don't know if i want to watch this right. you're like you're like finally let's see what they can <laughs> yeah. do and it's like oh really like so yeah. yeah yeah so there was that um but again like i mean i totally fell in love with the characters there are so yeah. many great characters yeah. you know like um, we mentioned alex like he was one of my favorite characters in the yeah. whole show oh like God, i love him so much he's so great so basically he's this black kid who's he's like a genius so he's like he's like uh uh, computer genius, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Um, and, you know, I think there have been a lot of great black characters in superhero TV shows and and movies, but I don't think there's been a, a blurred, right? A black nerd yeah, like this. Yeah, a and, geek. and a techie geek who's like, who has his own narrative yeah. versus like how they treat like Sam Wilson and mm-hmm. uh, Captain America, where he basically exists for Captain America to have right. someone to talk to. The sidekick. You know? yeah. yeah, the sidekick, mm-hmm. the literal sidekick. Or Rhodey. Oh, my God, Rhodey. Poor Rhodey. Yeah. But, like, you know, so it's like Alex is like this fully fleshed out character. His parents are fully fleshed out. Oh my yeah. God. And the you, tensions between the two of them is so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you could argue, we talked about Nico being the lead. Like, Alex could very be, yeah, well be considered consider the lead of the show, mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah. Yeah, because they're the two that basically get all the kids together. Like, the rest of them are really kind of unwilling to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to come back together. And it's really yeah. Alex who does the initial call yeah like we have to you know be friends again yeah i really love the molly character too Mm. Uh, she's hilarious i think where um in the comics the chase character was a little bit more the comic relief i think you know he became a more serious serious character on the tv show like i had mentioned Mm -hmm. but i think molly kind of picked up that that slack she's Mm -hmm. hilarious and she's like she's always super positive too and optimistic and um there is a lot of like sort of teen angst on the show um and so she's like the perfect antidote to that so she (laughs) she brings a lot of fun to the show and like arguably she well she's not the only with one with true superpowers but she does have like super strength on the show which is cool yeah she's the one who you would probably want to be next to you in a fight because yeah. you know that like nothing can, you know, like with uh, Nico, her staff, if it gets yanked out of her hands, which is what happens in one of the mm-hmm. episodes, she can't do anything, right. yep. you know, and Gert has a dinosaur <laughs> yeah. that can, you know, at any point just like not be there. And then Chase is just, it's all gadgets. So yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. the only one who's like Avenger level ready right, right. now. <laughs> right. I mean, it seems like Carolina does have some, oh yeah, Carol, okay. some great powers <laughs> as well. Yeah. right um but yeah yeah so many great characters and it's it's a lot of fun it's a fun show for sure and like you're you're talking about how it definitely does feel different from like the marvel netflix shows Mm -hmm. i i got that same feeling like um it seems like they made the show for abc network television like there were like 
even though, you know, we watched it on Hulu, mm-hmm. so there are no commercials, but it seems like there were commercial breaks in it. Didn't, you, didn't yeah. it feel like that? Yeah, no, right? it did feel that way. I think they literally, it seems like they filmed the whole season in order to put it on network TV. And then it didn't make it, yeah. yeah. I feel like it is a little maybe too too edgy. I don't want to say edgy because it's not, but, like, there was something about it that, like, it didn't feel like it would fit, like, after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something, you know? Oh, yeah. There's just something about it, and I'm not sure, but it, I think Hulu was the proper medium for it. I think yeah. so, yeah. Because I think I think if it was on ABC, I mean, there was some stuff that they would have had to, to change, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of violence and um, some, like, some language, I think, that they would have to take out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, you're right. There's something to it that was, like, a little bit, like, maybe too edgy for for network tv right yeah and a part of me is like am i just thinking that because it has so much representation that that's the edginess that i'm thinking of is it because like girls kiss or something you know i was like that might be it yeah like honestly because it is disney abc you know like that's the wholesome channel right yeah if 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 there are people in the Midwest complaining about yeah. Finn and Star Wars, <laughs> like imagine them flipping on the TV to ABC yeah. and they see like this show. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, so maybe it's that. that. Yeah, I think that's a valid consideration of what happened. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, that's cool. I didn't know um, they're getting renewed. Yeah, so that's yeah, great I'm news. I'm very excited. I think they set it up really well. And um, I don't want to give spoilers, but I feel like it was very cool um, who they set up as the main big bads versus Mm -hmm. who are kind of like so like there's a bunch of parents like we said and not all of them are as evil as the other ones yeah and then the way it ended up breaking out at the end was kind of like you've got all these toxic white men Mm -hmm. (laughs) who are the bad bad ones you know (laughs) yeah and and i thought that was just really interesting that like because i was so scared for the longest time i was like oh my god they're gonna make like the Asian woman or the black woman or the black guy, the main, the bad one, the really yeah. bad one, but they actually yeah, did it. They, they kinda, not so much. Well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's it's hard for me to explain without, like, doing spoilers, but I just thought it was interesting the way they broke it all out and yeah, what no, that could potentially mean, you know? I agree. It, it There was some twists and turns in there that were pretty refreshing, right? Because... Um, the so we're talking about the Asian family, you know, um, the 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 mom in that family early on seemed to be kind of typical like the, yeah, dragon lady, yeah, like, maybe like the most evil one, or yeah, she's really behind everything, right? Kind of this like ice queen, mm-hmm. like, um, but yeah, that it, it kind of flips that a bit, yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you see a side to her in the later episodes. Um, as when she's a mother and her children are younger that I thought was really like a, a very sensitive portrayal. Yeah. You know, a very yeah. emotional portrayal. So And one more note on, on the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the comics we're talking about how they're pretty one dimensional and it, it's it's very convenient because it's like there's a black man and a black woman. They're a couple. An Asian man and an Asian man, woman, they're a couple. There's a Jewish guy and a Jewish woman, they're a couple. Um, there's a, a Latino and a Latina woman, yeah. uh, man or woman, and they're a couple. And um, I think to stay true to the source material, the, the show did replicate that. So it is a little bit like, oh, it's a little convenient. Yeah. There's like, there's yeah. no interracial marriage yeah. whatsoever. There's no, they're not even crossing like any sort of lines, right? Um, but that said, like, 
um, uh, th- there was some difference, to, a little bit of a change up for, for the better on the show, I think. Like, so with the um, uh, Chase's parents, uh, the the Steins, I think they're mm-hmm. called. Yeah. Uh, so in in the comics, like both the mother and father are like these mad genius scientists, mm-hmm. um, and they're like. There's just like no difference between these yeah, two, yeah. but whereas in the show it's totally different. Yeah, like the the, yeah. the dad is like this crazy mad scientist, but the mom is totally not that, you know. Yeah. But um, then you get this definite sense that she had a very bright future as a scientist, and then she yeah. got with this guy who is basically abusive, and like, what did the world lose? Because then she couldn't create because she was always you know, helping them out. Yeah, Yeah. and again, yeah, their stories are developed. You Mm -hmm. understand Mm -hmm. why they do what they do. Um, Similarly, uh, Carolina's parents um, in in the comics are like one and the same. Um, And again, in the show, totally different. Like they couldn't be more different, basically. Mm -hmm. And actually, yeah, in in, in the show, the dad is like a former like TV star. Um, Frank. Frank. Yeah, Frank. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to clarify the dad. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. um, in the comics, uh, yeah. they're, they're both TV stars. Oh. Again, they're like every oh, okay. every set of parents, they, they are exactly like the same. Just, yeah, it was a little was, bit lazy yeah. writing, yeah. but it was good to see like in the show, they really kind of like made yeah. some differentiations and you really got to know these characters, so, which is really cool. It was good. Yeah. I'm so happy it exists. <laughs> Me too. And uh, so let's move on. Yeah. Um, so let's get into Black Mirror. So specifically, I wanted to get into the, the Star Trek-themed episode. Mm-hmm. It's called the USS Callister. Um, before we really dive in, though, um, I did do a little bit of, of a survey with my Comic Geeks community, and um, the question was posed, about uh, toxic fandoms. So that's kind of the next theme I wanted to get into because th- this episode of Black Mirror, I think, really dives into toxic fandoms. And um, so I, the, the, the survey was basically like, you know, give me some examples of toxic, fa- mm-hmm. toxic fandoms, you know, um, and there are many. So we're just going to touch upon uh, just a few here. So Ben notes Steven Universe. Uh, so this is an animated show, <laughs> and like definitely not like the first thing you would think of yeah. to have a toxic fandom, but it kind of does, you know. Um, so you want to talk about this a little bit? Oh my god, it's a mess. Um, <laughs> so, well, I, I honestly wasn't fully aware of this until like last week. So I love Steven Universe as a show. I think it is incredible, um, and how it uh, portrays gender. Um, and how it portrays friendship, female friendships, and the idea that, like, boys can be feminine and it's fine. Mm -hmm. All these, you know, things to do uh, with gender and orientation. Um, And, like, the show is about these aliens who are essentially rocks. You know, their names are, like, Garnet, um, Pearl, Sapphire, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And they come to Earth, and uh, they some of the... Pearls, the pearls, some of the gems, they end up raising this little boy mm-hmm. who, I don't even want to get into this. It's just like they raise this little boy who is like the son of their old queen or who they followed. Um, and they're all non-binary because they're rocks. <laughs> they're aliens, right. you know. Um, but they present as women on the show. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the behind the scenes, the show has been pretty good about casting a diverse array of people to voice all these characters. Um, a lot of women of color, but um, for one of the newer gems, uh, since the gem is non-binary, they actually cast a person who identifies as non-binary. Yeah. Um, but um, from this is from what someone told me, so if this is not correct, I'm sorry. But like, so they identify as non-binary, but they um, visually looked male, mm-hmm. or they were presenting outwardly as male. So when these fans saw the picture of this person, they were like, "Oh, why are you not casting a woman?" You know, right, so, and right. they got really aggressive with it, and they started sending you know hate to the creators. Mm-hmm. The creators are like, "We." finally cast someone who is the same identity as this character and you now see that that's wrong yeah you know and it kind of brings into question like what the ownership that fans feel over things and do they have a right to demand their specific brand of almost i don't know is it progressiveness i mean because like they're (laughs) and they're like trying to argue for women's representation but you're actually being really like you know gross about it so yeah where is that line um, yeah and i would actually say the voltron fandom does this too i don't know if anyone in your group uh this didn't come animated up? thing but no? that is also equally as toxic for really um, yeah yeah it's the whole idea that these fans have sent hate mail to the creators because they don't like something that the creators put into canon okay yeah oh okay so it's not so much about like a representation issue but like just holding too tight onto the original stuff it kind of is representation for the voltron because it's um they want certain people to be together on the show okay um and they get upset (laughs) when that doesn't happen oh boy um, and they send hate um and the people on the show is and they want like two boys to be together right and when that doesn't happen and maybe one of those boys is interacting with a female character who's coded as a woman of color okay it starts to get kind of toxic oh boy yeah, yeah. oh fandom <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah this is it, it's and a you pretty see this replicated across a lot of fandoms yeah it's and it can get pretty complex like yeah. the, this steven universe thing is like when I started to read about, like, I was <laughs> you were like, really baffled. This? Yeah, no, because it's such a sweet, sensitive show for children. Yeah. And, you know, people are, like, destroying it and, like, sending these poor creators all this yeah. hate that they don't deserve. And and just a little bit more info there. So the, the voice actor uh, is for this character named Emerald. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a gem, okay. uh, as you mentioned. I'm not caught up, so that's why I was <laughs> yeah. like, ah. And I'm not either. I'm just, <laughs> this is the, the little bit of research yeah. I did. But yeah, the voice actor is a drag performer uh, named Jinx Monsoon. <gasps> Okay. Yeah. I'm not oh, you're aware talk of this. about my deep love. Oh wait, <laughs> have you seen uh, with the show I have Drag seen Race? RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay, yeah. so yeah, the, this performer mm-hmm. was on that show. Was mm-hmm. was cast to to the voice cast on Steven Universe, mm-hmm. and um, yes, this person is a male, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, but you know. But they identify as non-binary. Right? Yeah, yeah, and is a drag performer. Um, so it is pretty mind-boggling to me that there would be any sort of uh, like backlash yeah. uh, for this. Like, I guess the, 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 these fans, and again, it's probably 
a small minority we're talking about here, but there are there are Steven Universe fans who uh, were upset because yeah. it was not a, a female voice. Um, yeah, and but, when those messages are coming uh, to like your inbox on Twitter or something, it feels like a lot. Like even if it's only oh, like yeah. ten people sending you hate, you're like, right. oh my god, like this is the worst. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's let's move on. Um, but I, I think th- th- this this theme uh, it, it will continue yeah, on. It's gonna, there we go. it's gonna be the same essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Betty and Marnie they note Doctor Who. Uh, so Doctor Who caught some uh, some backlash as well for a number of different reasons. So one was the companion Martha Jones, an African American woman, and as we all know, the next Doctor is is going to be a female doctor and that has caught flack as well um so this to me was a little bit more obvious trolling i guess i mean it's just it's just uh racist and and sexist fans essentially yeah that's typically what you think of when you think of toxic fandom right not all these other intricate (laughs) issues yeah but there's there's a kind of an interesting spectrum there's like the obvious toxicity Mm -hmm. of like these old school Doctor Who yeah. fans, like um, we have all, maybe have a a picture of like a pasty faced white British kid yeah. <laughs> who sees this black woman and was like, what what is this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, uh, but then you know, kind of on the other side of the spectrum, like Steven Universe, an incredibly yeah. progressive show, um, also having like this sort of crazy toxicity in its fan yeah. base too, right? Yeah, so, maybe. Interesting. Yeah, maybe I don't know if that's maybe these are liberal people that have like a lexicon of social justice (laughs) stuff. You know, they've learned this online through Tumblr or something, but they don't know how to apply it to the right situations. And they don't realize that maybe the things that they're doing that they think is pushing for better representation is actually, you know, it's really toxic. And you have to remember there's people at the other end of this line that you're yelling at. So yeah, perhaps it's just sort of misguided. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Like to hope so, but you know, maybe they're young. They'll learn. I don't yeah, know. we'll see. Um, also, James mentions Gamergate. So Gamergate is probably, I don't know, the the but, gold standard yeah. of toxic fandoms, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, because it hit the news like crazy. It was, yeah, like there was nobody that could ignore that. I mean, yeah. it was in the New York Times, New and Time Magazine. Unlike the other examples mm-hmm. we're giving, it, it, it's not really a specific show movie or game yeah. it's really just it's about th- ethics and journalism uh, yeah <laughs> in a way and it's it's misogyny it's sexism yeah, it was, it's like yeah, a that was culture claim, war yeah it was yeah it was essentially a, like a whole bunch of dudes pushing back against the fact that the world's getting more diverse and games are representing that right right and this was this was a few years ago this is not like recent yeah. news or anything um, but you had an interesting experience maybe you want to talk about a little bit with with Gamergate (laughs) yeah I think it was just that when I um Gamergate happened I think shortly after I left college um after I graduated and at the time I was kind of trying to figure out if I wanted to be a game journalist or you know more Mm. of a movie critic or more of just a general politics journalist I didn't really know but at the time I really really loved playing video games um but then Gamergate happened and I was seeing how all these women, like, you know, a woman would write maybe not a totally favorable review of a game. And these dudes would just like 
completely be tearing her apart in the comments. Yeah. You know, and it was that whole culture that made me not want to be a game journalist anymore. And I kind of made me put away something I loved and maybe would have really enjoyed because I was really worried um, that honestly I would get doxxed uh, and yeah, that my yeah. parents and my family would get doxxed. Oh. And I was like, I love video games, but nothing to me was worth potentially exposing my family, you know, to hate mm-hmm. mail or to yeah. actual danger. So yeah, I mean, it was wow. huge. And I've spoken to a lot of other girls who were really into games and they wanted to maybe pursue that career and they just stopped. Oh, you know, they didn't do it. It's unfortunate. Know? And it's like, think about what we've lost because of that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I, I didn't know a whole lot, so I did a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. But like I said, Gamergate really, it became this huge thing that encompassed a lot of different things. Um, but I guess it started with this game called Depression Quest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and it, it just kind of blew up into this. This uh, it, It's hard to it, describe exactly what it became, right? Yeah, it was basically all hinged on this one guy's bitter rant against his Mm -hmm. ex-girlfriend but that and the 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 ex-girlfriend was the developer for this game right yeah Yeah, but it's and it it went from him just being upset at her to it becoming this whole conspiracy theory (laughs) that games journalists where all these women were like somehow sleeping with like the the game developers or something and they were manipulating things i don't know it was it was like this whole so that's why they said it was about ethics in journalism but it wasn't really about ethics it was about just trying to kick out all of the women in the gaming field Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we'll we'll talk about this theme quite a bit but i think a lot of it was about control yes and i think a lot of these male gamers uh, felt like oh there's all these women around yeah. like we're losing control of mm-hmm. like what is rightfully ours yes. you know that sort of thing um and it's, it's it's a scary thing like what this sort of feeling this need to have control mm-hmm. uh can become and it it led to like an incredible amount incredible amount of like online bullying yeah. and and it wasn't just like mean tweets i mean it went to i mean you mentioned doxing and just it yeah. got like yeah. really personal and scary right yeah i would say that so i was at uh geek girl con um mm-hmm. in seattle like in its second year um and anita sarkeesian came okay uh, she's the one who does the femme frequency videos okay. where she basically does um essay vlogs where she looks at an issue in a video game and kind of charts it across like this low look how this woman is wearing um boob armor Mm. and like looks at it as a trend across video games and like i would like i don't always agree with her but um she does really good essays just breaking Mm. down video games um and she was one of the people who was like endlessly docs and harassed Mm. so when she came to geek girl con i went to a panel and she just showed up she wasn't on the, you know, she wasn't on the list because they didn't want anyone to know she was there. And she had to come in with a personal security detail. Oh, gosh. Um, And then she she talked to us about how she doesn't even feel comfortable walking outside. She doesn't, like, she's constantly afraid to go home. She has had to relocate her entire family. Her parents have had to move. And Mm -hmm. it's just like that is like the ultimate, you know, end of toxic fandoms. Like, that is the most destructive end that you can take it to, you know, with our current technology, which is what we're going to get into with you as Alistair. Exactly. But, like, it's awful. It's awful what some people will do. Yeah. Because they feel 
they're losing ground or they're not getting respect or yeah you know. definitely okay so yeah let's uh let's get into the episode oh real quick um a, a couple examples i had in terms of toxic fandoms uh there's the rick and morty show um we don't want to get too deep into this but there was an incident involving um some Szechuan sauce at McDonald's. So wild. Were, this is kind of beyond comprehension, really, but a, a, a number of, of uh, passionate slash a-hole Rick and Morty fans has kind of lost their shit trying to get this sauce. Um, and it's, it was kind of like the most ridiculous sort of infantile behavior you could imagine um and they harass like in-store workers yeah yeah the mcdonald's employees were like harassed and and um like assaulted and it was just it was ugly it's really ugly so there's that um we saw we very recently um star wars the last jedi uh, we saw a lot of um toxicity in in uh in the star wars Mm -hmm. fan base you know um there's there's quite a bit there i I think a lot of what we saw with the star wars backlash ties in with with um we're going to talk about yeah with with black mirror so let's let's just dive right into it (laughs) yeah uh so yeah the the season premiere season four premiere of black mirror was uh star trek theme uh star trek themed and um i thought it was great I, i thought it was a really great episode i mean i think it's probably my favorite black mirror episode Mm -hmm. to date um and when i say favorite um with black mirror uh the first thing you think of probably isn't fun and i want to watch that again (laughs) you know it's a very dark show yeah it always yeah most of the episodes i've seen it leaves you feeling unsettled so that this kind of gave you some justice was like yeah, I was like yeah. yes thank God <laughs> right it, it does have uh, the darkness and social commentary yes. of a Black Mirror episode um, but there's a lot of fun to it like it works on so many levels like for me it worked on it worked as a Black Mirror episode you get that social commentary um, but it worked also as like a Star Trek parody mm-hmm. like a lot of the appeal of a movie like Galaxy Quest, you know, uh, is there, you know? Like, it kind of makes fun of yeah. Trekkies and yeah. and the whole Star Trek uh, universe. Um, but it also works as as a simply great episode of Star Trek, yeah. you know? Um, like, if, if you're a Star Trek fan, just watch it for that alone. Like, it, it's almost like it's just a, a really fun episode of Star Trek. So it works on, like, many different levels. Um, very cool. Uh, so... Let's talk about like how it kind of relates to what we've been yeah. talking about. Like, yeah, how, how does it, how does this episode really tie in with with toxic fandoms? <laughs> well, so the main character, um, Robert, right, Robert yeah. Daly. Yep. Um, he is the CTO of this virtual reality game company yep. um, called Callister, which is a direct reference to his USS Callister like a fanboy thing because right. he likes this TV show that's essentially Star Trek. Yeah, um, and the Callister is basically the ship, uh, the, ship the, yeah. the Enterprise yeah. on this show. Yeah. yeah, so he like he names the company that. Um, yeah, and he's like he's we're presented with this guy. He's really smart. Um, but when he comes into the office, nobody respects him. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the receptionist doesn't say hi to him. His um, friend, who is the CEO, he feels like he doesn't respect him. Mm-hmm. Um, the girls don't find him attractive. And he's just kind of like an awkward, uncomfortable dude around the office. Yeah. Like, um, this girl is introduced early on as a new coder who looks up to him. And then she's talking to him a lot. And then later, another girl in the office is like, um, just be you know, watch yourself around him. He's kind of a creep. Yeah. And so is the CEO, honestly. So, you know, and then he overhears this and like he loses it. Right, right. And then, yeah. And then you find out that this whole time he has been, this was such a wild twist. Is that he <laughs> yeah. did, I was like, it was so hard for me to understand. Like he takes the DNA from his coworkers by freaking swabbing like their coffee cups. Yeah. And he uploads basically a, like a real virtual copy of them in virtual space. And these Mm -hmm. copies actually think that they're the real people Yeah, because this technology is so advanced. And then he leaves them trapped in here Mm -hmm. in his fantasy world where they're all members on the USS Callister and he does whatever he wants to them. Yeah, And like, so if he's had a bad day at work, where he feels like he's been disrespected, he comes onto the ship and he like treats them like slaves. Yeah, you know, and it's he lets it out on yeah. like the virtual version he of these tortures people. Them. Yeah, um, and that's like how <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what we were talking about earlier is that idea of ownership and this kind of. I'm sure <laughs> all these guys who have docs like these women in Gamergate, like they would love to get their hands on this technology you yeah, know like yeah. this would this is the ultimate end game <laughs> fantasy like you can literally create you know this woman or this man in a game and do whatever you want to them yeah. over and over again endlessly yeah you know and we, we talked about control earlier mm-hmm. like this is like that's almost the theme the overriding theme of the episode is yeah. control like mm-hmm. he wants to control everything like the moment he he overhears that conversation about like, oh, watch out for that yeah. Robert guy. He's kind of creepy. Which is he, a very reasonable thing to warn your coworker right, about. But yeah. he's like, he takes his the ultimate offense. Like, right. He's he, like, how dare you? And like, maybe more than feeling like offended or, yeah. or whatever. But he probably feels like it's something that's out of his control. Yeah. You know, and that like, it, it makes him want to escape into yeah. this world. So, world he's created where he has like 100% control he's basically the the god of this game like this version of the game is like his own hack of the game where um you cannot go online and meet other people it's just like his own universe that he controls everything (laughs) right they're trapped and no one knows they're there yeah and it's a really far out concept like Mm -hmm. to have this virtual world that's only his um and he's like removed all genitalia in this universe (laughs) and it's it's really wild and out there but really it it comes down to control like he's making this world exactly what he wants it to be um and it it just so happens to be exactly like the original episodes of this show he loves so again now we're i think we're really tying it into some of these toxic fandoms because um i think that's where a lot of the toxicity originates. Mm-hmm. So I, I see I see this in myself a lot even, you know, like there stuff that I, I love, particularly stuff that I've loved for a long time. I want them to always be like that, yeah. you know? So like we, we see this guy, Robert Daly, in, in this episode of Black Mirror. He loves the show Space Fleet, which is, like, you know, obviously Star Trek. Um, he, he loves it so much 
that he wants to be in that world. And he wants the world to always be the same, to like, essentially to be like um, Star Trek, the original series. No, no next generation, no J.J. Abrams shit, you know, none of that. He only wants the original stuff and um, he wants it to always be that way. Um, so, yeah, so I had mentioned uh, Star Wars. I think a lot of this recent backlash really ties in here because I think um, a lot of the backlash we've seen isn't so much like the way we've been critiquing shows and movies like we did with Runaways, like, oh, the story is, is good or the characterizations yeah. are, are bad, whatever. It's like, oh, how faithful is this to Star Wars canon? Yeah. You know, you know I think The Last Jedi, I think we both really enjoyed it. And um, I think the there are a lot of really interesting twists and turns yeah. and and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I think to to you and I, it, it didn't matter so much that, like, oh, Ray isn't a Skywalker. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a non-Skywalker who can who is, like, awesome at the Force, you know? Um, but to a lot of Star Wars fans, that was like, you can't do that, yeah. you know? And it just broke this control thing. It's like, no, this isn't, yeah. this isn't Star Wars anymore. And um, it can be it, – it's funny, like – just in casual conversation it's just kind of funny it's like oh that's funny but um i think the beauty of this episode of black mirror it kind of sheds a light on how that sort of thinking can be really dangerous yeah in the you hands know? of an engineer it is yeah it's like the the whole idea of like how the fans are trying the the fans who are upset that this last jedi went against canon they were trying to do a petition where that film was struck from Star Wars <laughs> right. canon. <laughs> right. Put an like, asterisk yeah, on and, it. Because that's how mad they were. And that's exactly what, you know, essentially creates a character like Robert Daly is, yeah, like that sense of control. Mm -hmm. And the idea that their expectation isn't meeting up with the reality. Yeah. And there's a tremendous amount of anger that yeah. comes with that. And like what happens with that anger when the person wielding it is also smart and creates for you know <laughs> virtual realities and that's like the terror of watching a black mirror episode is yeah. like you you have to think like oh my god i hope that these same men who are doing you know this gamergate doxing or like this petition to for the last jedi aren't also like an engineer you know yeah. at one of these companies right now working yeah. on an ai or like a vr program right, right but we don't right. know that you know and it's like that's that's the huge worry, I think, and that's what makes people nervous when they watch Black Mirror. Yeah. Because it just feels too accurate, too, like, this could actually happen. Right, right. Yeah, I thought it was really cool how the episode, it set up Robert Daly as kind of a sympathetic character. Yeah. You know, he was yeah. kind of this, this lonely, nerdy guy yeah. who kind of gets pushed around at work and um and he just wants to have this nice fantasy of like live you know yeah yeah, yeah it, it opens with like the scene where he's just playing out this thing and you kind of assume they're all ais mm -hmm. you know on the ship oh right yeah and then he's yeah, yeah. having a great time he goes to work no one wants to talk to him and you're like oh yeah, yeah i feel you know you I feel, feel a little sorry for him yeah, like yeah. he's a nice guy why are yeah. you know and then he ends up being like a genocidal maniac you right know? right and, and it's interesting that he becomes a monster in, like, this virtual world. So, like, I, I think that's pretty relatable because, like, you know, we see how people become, like, 
real a-holes like on twitter <laughs> or yeah. you know like the yeah. monster comes out online right yeah. Yeah. um and you know it it's I think it's really cool that they made it like uh, these virtual versions of these people mm-hmm. um, were like they were real people. Yeah, they like, were like actual sentient AI. Yeah, so it wasn't like oh, y- you know, you can you can be whoever you want online. You can become a monster. It doesn't matter. Well, actually, yeah. it can matter. Yeah. You know, and I think um, making these yeah these AI characters like actual like have people with feelings and 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 an actual fleshed out character was 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 important yeah and i think you know it's so telling to have a character who's like basically like the oppressed nerd become like the big monstrous villain it's it for number one i mean we don't typically see that sort of thing so it's it was was a it was a cool twist it was like a nice narrative device but it speaks so much to like what's going on in the world yeah, right now, yeah, you know? Yeah, because we have always defined control as a lot of, um, you know, like physical control. But yeah. as everything starts to become more and more digital, um, we're going to start to see all of the control is going to rest in the people who know how to create those systems. Yeah. You know, which is often the geeks, you know? Yeah. And then so you... you st- you start to worry. It's like, oh my gosh. Well, do they have? Are they getting the right lessons about ethics and humanity that they should be? Um, and like, if we're still having these issues, like GamerGate, what does that say about? You know, if we can't treat humans with dignity, what's going to happen when we start creating digital versions of ourselves, like our robots? Yeah, right. Like these are questions we have to ask now. Yeah. And I'm glad that Black Mirror exists because it does ask these questions yeah, of yeah. like, if we don't solve the issues among humans right now, we're going to have a lot of problems with our technology. Yeah. You know, absolutely. in the future. Yeah. And it made me think a lot about um, Joss Whedon. So like. <laughs> You know, like this character, Robert Daly, reminded me quite a bit of of, of Whedon. With Wonder Woman. (laughs) Yeah, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, is the sense that this is, I now have control over this creation. Yeah, yeah. And I can bend them however I want. Mm -hmm. And similarly, he, uh, Whedon, you know, he was like this nerdy guy growing up, Mm -hmm. uh, reading comic books and having all these wonderful dreams of, of creating uh, these uh, um, beautiful worlds and uh, outer space uh, uh, worlds and 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 these uh, superhero characters and everything, um, but then what happens when he actually gets the power to do it? You know, he becomes a, a monster essentially. Yeah, you know, yeah, like what <laughs> according to his wife, yeah, yeah, he definitely abused the power. He was given with and the I, around him, yeah. Which and, is like, yeah. I mean, he maybe, t- he maybe literally did in person what like Robert Daly wanted to do in his game, you right, know, right. like actually kissing all the women. And stuff, yeah, you know? and that, yeah, I think it's, I think Whedon's a good example because, um, you know, I, we've talked a lot of shit about Joss Whedon <laughs> on this podcast, but he did uh, it to himself, you know? like, I mean, you know, like. Uh, there's, there's a lot to be said, but um, like he's he's not. I mean, I, I think I called him a monster. I, that's maybe a little bit harsh, but um, yeah, he's not like a Harvey Weinstein. But yeah, but you can draw threads of like this culture that yes. Joss Whedon is a part of is definitely the same culture that would create a Robert Daly. You know, if you extrapolate that out, like mm-hmm. we can definitely see. You know, because I think the interesting part about like when you when Robert finally decides to bring um, 
I can't remember the girl's name. Nanette? Nanette, yeah, yes. Nanette, yeah. Nanette into the, you know, virtual reality world. It's because she specifically says, well, the woman is like, oh, are you into him? And she's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not into him. It's professional. Yeah. Which is like the pr- appropriate thing to say. Right, but you right. see that like rejection is what makes him really mad, yeah. I think. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And that whole idea that he... I think he, in a sense, he felt entitled to her attention, and then when it wasn't given, you know, and it's like that's the whole culture of toxic masculinity, yeah, yeah. you know, and like patriarchal type stuff that, you know, we need to work on dismantling <laughs> or look what happens. Yeah, yeah, the, the the parallels between this daily character and, and Whedon are, are kind of scary. Like, yeah. um, like it, Nanette sort of fangirling out to daily reminds me of i bet the experience of a lot of actresses mm-hmm. wanting to work for whedon you know and him subsequently like sleeping with them you know yeah. um and yeah. yeah and with all of these you know the me too um and all the hollywood accusations coming out that seems to be a common thread of a lot of the women who stand up they're like yeah i approached this man in confidence that, you know, I was interested in his work, I was, you know, hopeful in my career, and they all, they turned it against me, you know, and used it in a way that was inappropriate. And you definitely see that with Robert. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, a couple of notes on just more, more on the, like, the fun of the show. Yeah. Like, um, so aesthetically, the, this episode is, was really phenomenal yeah, you know really that they like i i had mentioned how like it, it works as a parody an homage and like a social commentary mm-hmm. like all in, at once you know it, it really was you know that the episode starts out starts off looking like like a like star trek from the 60s you know yeah. and then it kind of like the look of that virtual world like changes over the course of the episode and um at near the end it really looks like the jj abrams yeah, star trek exactly. world was like it had like all the lens yeah, flares and everything yeah. and like it was and and it really um and it wasn't just like beautiful visuals just for the mm-hmm. sake of it it really it kind of fit the storyline mm-hmm. too yeah. so that was that was really yeah. really cool and it was to interesting see. right at the end they actually did kind of bring in a direct like almost Gamergate like reference where like they, <laughs> they they page this other ship and they're like oh my god another person and he's immediately like this douchey gamer dude yeah he's like you want to trade or what and he's like just like f you and right. the people on board are like oh my god like you're an <laughs> asshole and then they like zip off but it's like it was nice how they kind of they critiqued both of those you know the creator but also the fans essentially absolutely and that's a great point like uh so we this term toxic fandom um like if we if we've listed one of your favorite like shows or movies um it's nothing against like the show or movie mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of focusing on on the fandoms here right yeah. so um just because there are a bunch of a-hole star wars fans out yeah. there doesn't mean that like star wars is itself is really diminished it's just we're trying to shed some light on like the fandoms which it's kind of scary like how terrible morphs yeah yeah, how terrible a lot of these fans are and it's Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty disheartening you know to to hear this stuff and it really just you start to hear more and more of this stuff over time and it is it's crazy um 
but yeah, no, this episode of Black Mirror, I think, was really kind of, it, it nailed it on like yeah. so many levels, right? Yeah. Do you think it would work as a full show? That's really hard to say. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it would, lo- I feel like the whole beauty of Black Mirror is that it's a confined to a single episode and you get left with this feeling that's kind of profound at the end of it. But if it mm-hmm. were a full TV show, <laughs> I feel like it would just completely lose yeah. its meaning. And I feel like they would go- eventually bring back in Robert or something. and It would be terrible. Um, yeah. And I just don't know how far you can take that. Like, I see why people would want. It's essentially like Mass Effect. <laughs> or like, you know, it's these characters who are aware they're in a video game, in a video game. And right now that seems to be the hot topic. Yeah. But yeah. I just feel like it would undermine itself. Yeah. You know, um, I think... If you want to see the further adventures of the USS Callister, go watch Star Trek Discovery. I, know, right? I mean, there exists something that is exactly yeah. like the end of that episode, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. I think that's as yeah, simple as that. There's a lot of Star Treks, you know? Yeah, there, there's, there's a, a new one. There's, there's a Star Trek Discovery. There's decades of yeah. Star Trek yeah. media out there for yeah. you to watch. So like that, that's a continuation story yeah. of, mm-hmm. of this episode, right? So, yeah, I, I think it'd be kind of unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool that a lot of people have uh, have sort of have have enjoyed yeah. this episode and it has resonated with them. Uh, but not everything needs a sequel, honestly. Yes, <laughs> so true. Uh, so yeah, I think I think we we covered it. Um, any last thoughts on on Black Mirror? We didn't talk about any other episode, <laughs> right? So uh, any last thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I really enjoy. I, I've seen every Black mm-hmm. Mirror episode. I really, again, it's hard to say enjoy because <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's a it's a dark show. A big feeling of terror. At the yeah, end. <laughs> um, but I think it, I think it's a really it's a really good show, uh, worth checking out. Um, but yeah, th- this episode in in particular, I think, really really resonates on so mm-hmm. many different levels. All right, with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Clara.